Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's interview is recorded live here at the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine in Las Vegas. And this event gives me the opportunity to connect with some of the top leaders in anti-aging and health and fitness. People have really moved the needle. And it turns out I met my wife, Dr. Lana, at this event 14 years ago, and it's only 26 years in the making to get 27,000 physicians who are working on fixing aging to come together. So for me, this is a special event and a little bit like Comic-Con. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD+, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use. There's a guy I met here about three years ago, I've been chatting with ever since, who's very unusual because he's an award-winning master trainer, a 2017 Dwight D. Eisenhower Lifetime Achievement winner, at the Arnold Sports Festival, he's the arm wrestling director and a judo expert, a radio personality, and a former bodybuilding champion, and a guy who's who's done a lot of work, even with uh, George H. Bush, who there's photos, you know, of them training together. So a guy's really been into fitness and all. And you could say, Dave, you don't have very many you know, bodybuilders on on the show, and there's a reason for that. I consider bodybuilders to be, well, some of the original biohackers on, on the planet. And the reason for this is they said, look, I want to look a certain way, and it is not the way that Mother Nature wanted me to look, so I'm going to take control of my own biology. I'm going to weigh uh, what I eat. I'm going to try all these different things. I'm going to measure it. I'm going to write it down. So wait, did you just follow the law in Game Changers, the track it to hack it? Yes, they did. So the thinking there was great, but the... The ultimate mindset there was quite often, I want to look good at any cost, so I'll inject 
you know, strange things into my muscles like margarine <laughs> in order to create cool ripply effects that might kill you later. So the longevity, the health was missing from that community sometimes, but there were a few early guys who really, uh, really focused not just on uh, on looking good, but they focused on what we would now call health. And these are sort of where longevity and bodybuilding comes together. And when I created the term biohacking, uh, that's now in the dictionary as a new part of our language uh, as of this year, uh, the idea was to bring together Navy SEALs, astronauts, neuroscience, and bodybuilders. What You never see those people in the same room together. And of course, anti-aging people. So we now have a community and all we care about is control of our own biology. So here's a guy on the show today. Uh, his name is Fairfax Hackley, and he's done the bodybuilding thing. He's done the health thing, and we're here at an anti-aging conference where he regularly attends. So very old school biohacker with a lot of knowledge to share. Fairfax, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Sensei. Uh, you know, I want to start out by having my gratitude today to you and your staff for having me on this segment. And, you know, I wake up every day with gratitude in my attitude. So this is really, truly a gift. It's even better than a blessing because a gift keeps giving. And to see you and to go through this journey with you for three years, this is like awesome. Matter of fact, I didn't even need Bulletproof Coffee this morning because I would have made it nervous. Okay, <laughs> I mean, it, it avoided me like the, the plague. So again, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's my pleasure. And it was funny when we first met, you're like, Dave, you should come to the Arnold Classic. Like there's so many people who would, you know, biohacking is just right for this stuff. And so I'm working on uh, being able to, to show up there, which is kind of cool because anytime you create a new community like biohacking, the idea is it, it always has, you know, parts of other communities. You don't have to leave one community to be part of another. We're all members of many different communities. And this is something I explored in, in Game Changers. It's like, the community or communities you're in, they shape your relationships, they shape your happiness and all. And I felt kind of lonely saying I'm, I'm the only guy who wants to look this way or wants to feel this way. And if I go to the gym, right, I, okay, there's some people going to help me work out and all that stuff, but what about the rest of this? Uh, and so I look at how that's, uh, how that's powered me. I'm going there here to, to talk about how health and bodybuilding came together in the very early days, because this is something that no one listening probably knows about. And because we've had a chance to meet off camera and to talk about this, and you've been doing this for a long time. How long have you been doing bodybuilding? Like, Well, on and off, probably 50 years. Uh, okay. I just turned 65 this past uh, August. And, and by the way, I'm looking at a 40-year-old, uh, just so you guys know. like this. Guy so I is... had my biological age <laughs> tested because of you, so I'm really 42. For, there, I nailed it. So you're 42, <laughs> but you're actually 65, right? So my nickname is, you know, Hack. Everyone calls me, you know, Hack. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, and I say hack don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But I mean, like, like you, you do not energetically show up. Like, like you know, you you look uh, much younger than you are, and you have this boundless energy and all. So you're you're doing something right. So given that you've been doing this for fifty years, uh, longer than I've been alive, how did health and bodybuilding start out? So the original, you know, onus was placed on how people looked, as opposed to how they looked and felt. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, you had basically the strong men. And if you go back even further, you had the Greek ideal of, the you know, the gladiator look and the guys who um, were really statues and, and things like that. But eventually people learned, or we learned through, you know, experience, 
that doing those things didn't necessarily make us healthy and it weren't necessarily good for our body. So in the beginning, a lot of the early bodybuilders were really strong men. Yeah. And because of the fact that they would do certain things that many of us don't do now, we're beginning to come back to functional strength and functional fitness. But in the early days, these guys really lifted things that were like really, really difficult to do. I mean, you look at the dumbbell, for instance, today. I mean, basically, it has a one-inch handle. Right. The dumbbells back in the day were two inches. You could barely grip them and, and you know lift them. So you got a double whammy with the grip and the, and the lifting. You'll also notice that there was a rounded edge to the early dumbbells. There was a reason for that, so that it was more difficult to actually lift them. So... You know, a lot of uh, the, for instance, the Sandow Trophy, the one that's given to the number one bodybuilder in the world, and it's basically Eugene Sandow. Um, if you look at that physique, this was a guy who was just phenomenal. And he was so phenomenal, Dave, that he could actually do a backflip holding two 60-pound dumbbells over a chair. Holy crap. So that, when you talk for about a bodybuilder, that's for a bodybuilder, of. right? But even today, I mean, I can't imagine anyone who was as strong. I mean, these guys would do one arm lifts and things like that. So when we look, we're actually devolving in some respects. So what you're bringing to the table is to say, guys, hold it. You know, there is a better way, and I have the solution, and here it is. So you like this. You love it, you have a passion for it, and you're really educating people as to what really, truly is important, because we've forgotten about that. And that's why I label you sensei, because you're really a teacher. You know, bottom line, that's my highest accolade. You know, you could be a great businessman, a billionaire. I really don't care, because I've met a lot of them. But I'm still it, working on both of those. So <laughs> I'll tell you when I get there. <laughs> but, you know, for you, it's, and I'm, I'm thanking the universe that there's a guy who really gets it. And again, from multiple levels, not only the fitness, the health, but the supplementation, but the optimization. You know, if you look at modern day bodybuilding, it's not a healthy pursuit. Yeah. You know, it really isn't. And, and matter of fact, people look great, but they feel like hell. They feel like crap. Especially the women bodybuilders. I, I think they get it worse than the men, uh, from um, what well, I've heard. Well, you know, Again, I went through that period. I was chief of protocol for professional IFBB for 14 years. All right, so you, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> right, so I'm, I'm going back a little bit. And this was in the early days of the Miss Olympia competition before drugs entered. Oh, yeah. And we had to really begin to drug test because these women were really beginning to look like men. I mean, almost technically they were men. Well, with the steroids, yeah. Right, and it was huge. It was a huge problem. And that gave a lot of bias and prejudice to women. Now, am I going to get big if I lift weights? And there was a misunderstanding. So we really had to clean the sport up and go more towards femininity. On the other hand, with guys trying to look a certain way and dehydrating themselves, we had a, we had a couple of deaths yeah. in the sport. And so if you looked at what it would take to be a professional bodybuilder today, and, and I know a lot of people are not going to like this, but it takes at the minimum of 15 kind of different drugs. So, wow. you know, what you're seeing is something that's just, it's incredible. I mean, no one looks like that. You, you can't you can't do that, even with, you know, Sensei Ashby's help. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's it's the wrong kind of optimization. So you're teaching people, no matter who you are, what you are, how to do this right, and how to live better. 
which is the whole point, how to live yeah. better. It, it, seems, it, it seems like the, the, there's a certain amount of uh, a freedom that I, I want people to have and that I think is our right. So you look at a, a very famous human being who won a lot of, uh, a lot of the Tour de France competitions. I, I may lose some followers for this. If you guys don't like it, you can unsubscribe. That's okay with me. Um, you know, that, that's okay. But here's the deal. Good for him. Okay. The only mistake that was made was that Lance didn't tell people what he did so we could all learn from it. And he didn't tell because he wasn't allowed to tell. But dude, the guy was going to die from cancer. And he came back from that and he used every tool available as a human being to kick the most ass on the planet and gets blamed for that. The guy should get an extra medal. Right. And yes, lying isn't okay. And I'm not condoning that at all. When you have a sport where you're not allowing 45 year old men to have healthy testosterone levels because we have some sort of weird self flagellation practice, that kind of stuff just pisses me off. Right. So I'll be the first to say if your dream is to look like, all right, now I'm going to lose some bodybuilding followers. Sorry, guys. If, you're, if your dream is to look like a balloon animal, and I'm not making fun of bodybuilding, I greatly respect it. I just like that one internet meme that's photoshopped. You know, the guy says, like, when I grow up, I want to be a balloon animal. Anyway, but if, if that's your goal, or your goal is to have only one leg, okay, look, it's your body. It's your biology. You own it. You can do whatever you want with it. Like, you want to go be a junkie? Well, that sucks for you, and you probably should deal with your trauma, but okay, you get to make your choices, right? And, and so I... I appreciate that if a bodybuilder says, you know what, this is more important to me than living a long time, that they have the right and the freedom and the tools and the knowledge to A, know they're making that choice and B, to make the choice. But I think historically, they didn't know they were choosing that, right? And the same thing may be true of, you know, a cyclist who take too much EPO and get sludge in their veins, all these things. Where do you think this is going though, Fairfax? Well, I think um, the biohacking community being led by you is helping us see through the nonsense, what I call PG, pure garbage. You know, <laughs> there, there's, there's just so much stuff out there now. And you being an experimenter, you can tell people, look, I've done this. This is not something I've read about or I've seen. I've actually done this. And that gives you the legitimacy. That automatically makes you more authentic than 90% of the people out there. And you can actually pinpoint and tell, look, this may be okay for now, but what about the long term? So I remember reading a, a Sports Illustrated article uh, years ago about um, Olympians. And the article said they uh, did a survey of Olympic athletes and asked them, if you could take something that would guarantee you a gold medal but would kill you yeah. within five years, would you still take it? And 90% of the people responded, yes. Isn't that shocking? It's crazy. So when you went back to things like, you know, Lance Armstrong and, and some of these other people, you know, look at, as you said before, this was a guy who had cancer. This was a guy who was on his deathbed. So whatever he took to save, to stay alive is important. But then he needed these things to survive. Yeah. Period. So- who are we to judge him? But again, he went out there, and I think having had several members of my family die from cancer, mm -hmm. and I was so inspired by what he did. Yeah. I mean, the guy could have taken Jurassic Park drugs for all I, I could, don't because, care. He you did know, it. He did. I know he did. <laughs> he won seven Tour de France titles in a row, having beaten cancer. 
Yeah. With one testicle. <laughs> Good God. With one testicle. So there's people out there that probably couldn't do that with four. And so <laughs> we have to carry the extra weight around. Right, right, yeah. right. So <laughs> that may be our new biohacking project <laughs> to figure out how to do that. But you know, at the at the end of the day, you know, you have to take the positive out of the negative. Yeah. And I think that many of us keep focusing on the negative, too much of the negative. So take the positive. What did we learn from this? And that's so important. And to go forward, we have to look at the history. So I'm glad you asked me about what happened with bodybuilders back in the day. Um, they were really focused on health and fitness and wellness. These were guys who went out in the sunshine. They did deep breathing. They lifted heavy things. They sprinted. Um, they ate organic. You know, they did all the right things to actually look good, but also feel good. And they really tried to live a longer life and listen to some of the people who were their mentors. So again, we're starting to devolve because the onus has become, how do I look? The six pack. You know, everyone now is a six pack expert. But if you look at a six pack, it's not really healthy. Yeah. You know? And it's also not very functional. So someone who you know, is really striving to get a six pack functionally, they're not going to perform very well. Yeah. If, if your body fat's too low, whether you're a man or a woman, the numbers are different. Your brain doesn't work. Your hormones don't work. You don't sleep well because your body pretty much thinks you're a hunted animal and that you don't have time to eat and you're running all the time or whatever it is. And so that shredded, you know, Wolverine look that's done with drugs that make you dehydrated. So you can look that way for the day on film and to try and walk away, walk around looking like that all the time. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Well, that, it just doesn't, and it's yeah. also not natural. And that's why they killed off Wolverine, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, the actor who played Wolverine was like, "I don't want to do this with my body anymore, right. man. Right. Like, I'm done with this." And and kudos to him for doing that uh, and saying, "You know, I I I think maybe I don't want to." You do know, even Gerard workers. Butler, if you remember, after doing 300, yeah, he said, "I'm I'm done with this because you know there's yeah. a point of no return, and um, you know, I don't know if you shave with a straight razor, but." I've tried it and you can keep grinding, grinding, grinding. And all yeah. of a sudden you end up with a straw and it's not like, uh, this doesn't work very well anymore. I, I had a rare opportunity to talk with uh, Gerard. Uh, we sat down for a couple hours actually at, at I'm not going to say what the event was. I don't know if he, if he tells people where he goes or not, but, um, and I didn't even know who he was. I was like, this is some dude. And he goes, I'm in movies. I'm like, yeah, great, whatever. And and after a while, I'm like, what are you in 300? Like, are you some kind of a famous guy? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, there, there you go, Dave. Good, good for you. <laughs> and, uh, but, but it was a real authentic conversation. We we're talking about, you know, what do you do to look a certain way? And he told me, you know, some of the stuff that they do to look that way in, in 300 and, and all. And I was like, wow, like this guy's been beaten up, right? Just to be able to do that. Any human who would do that for one film, but if you've done a bunch of action films like that, man, it's like being a bodybuilder, but probably worse, I'd say, without all the drug testing and all that. Well, remember, you know, you're thinking about getting the maximum amount of muscle size. So that, that in and of itself comes with a price yeah. on your tendons, joints, and ligaments. And then you're trying to stuff your body with food, yeah. you know, all day long. I mean, you know, these guys are the ultimate grazers, but they're grazing on every two hours, two chicken breasts. Good God. So you think in a you know 24 hour period, just do the math. And then they were doing very little cardio because they believe that the cardio is, you know, is is bad for them and they're gonna lose muscle as a result of it. Um, that's not gonna happen, we know. So, you know, it's it's a pursuit that it 
again, was once something that was respectable, but now you look at it and you just shake your head because it, it's just so far removed from health and wellness. And they've taken the steps to try to bring in now the classical physique and other categories so that the general population could identify more with the guy that, you know, is maybe one or two stages above what we look like, yeah. but is not so far out there and who doesn't have to take his body to that extreme because it really is not healthy overall. And if you look at what overfeeding does to longevity, there are very clear studies. I know when I was doing the research for the Bulletproof Diet, uh, and that hit shelves in 2014 and, and uh, helped to launch the, the keto revolution we're seeing right now, and, which is awesome. But I, I did for, originally it was gonna be a month. I said, well, I'm gonna eat, my target's 4,500 calories a day, at least 4,000. I'm gonna sleep less than five hours a night, no matter what, and I'm gonna stop exercising. And I'm gonna do this for a month. And I'm going to say, look, I gained three pounds, but if you do the math, I should have gained 24 pounds or whatever it is and say, therefore calories in, calories out is BS. And I took lipase, I took betaine HCL, I took all the things that would allow me to metabolize all the fat. I wasn't you know, pooping out fat. Uh, and you know what? At the end of the month, I lost weight and I had more energy. And I'm like, well, this is kind of weird. So I actually did it for about 18 months. And it was great because it gave me huge amounts of extra energy that I used to start Bulletproof while I was working full time as a VP at a big company and had a you know, new child in the house. And it, it was a lot of energy. I can tell you, though, from an anti-aging perspective, eating 4,500 calories a day is pretty much bad news. It's not going to be a good thing. You actually are better off intermittent fasting, eating enough calories, but not being chronically restricted because that has its own set of bad things it does. So like, you can do that, but if you, as a bodybuilder, for 20 years of your career, even 10 years of your career, if you're pounding protein, which increases cancer risk because of all the methionine and cysteine and tryptophan, these, these essential amino acids, they're essential at one gram, not 5,000 grams. Uh, man, when you're old, you're probably not going to like it. But see, this is this is why what you're teaching, what you're doing is so important. Because being in business for 50 years and, and following this and having a passion for it, it's up to us to be able to have enough guys and, and men and women around in the future to say, this is not the road that you want to continue to go down. Yeah. This is not good. We have more people now keeling over in their 40s and 50s and this is this is crazy. And just like you said, there is this, I don't want to say ignorance, but um, because ignorance is really ignoring the facts. That's how I look at it. Yeah. And there's things that are actually real that we know that we can put our hands on. So like you said, energy in, energy out. Doesn't work because yeah. the model, okay, the theory may sound good, but that's not really what's going on in the human body. So you've taken this and said, look, we need to take this to another level. Matter of fact, we need to keep stepping up on the ladder and we keep we need to keep pushing the needle. You know, there's an old saying, what do you do when you get to the top of the mountain? You keep climbing. <laughs> nice. And so at the end of the day, the standard was here. What you're doing is putting the standard where they can barely reach it and they have fingernails and then you raise it again so that you keep everyone on their toes, literally, because if you are reaching, you're on your toes or you're jumping and you're doing things that make sense and say, look, you know, you may not understand this now, but you're really going to thank me because I intend on living to be 150 years old. Okay. So I will be around to have this conversation with you. Yeah. 
Or maybe with your kids if you're not around. You know, I'm, I'm happy to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I want to go to heaven, but I'm not homesick. So <laughs> I'm going to be right there with you one way or the other. You know, Dave, I'm, I'm following. I've got all your books, all the stuff. I'm going to be there. Oh, well, that, and it's that mindset that, that makes a difference. You remind me in some ways of Frank Zane. Uh, who you must know from your yes. bodybuilding time, yes. and you know uh, Mr. Olympia, who's been on on the show. And okay, the, the stereotype of a bodybuilder is quite often a meathead, right? And okay, sometimes it's earned, right? Like the, there are some meathead bodybuilders, but there oh, are we call them low foreheads, <laughs> low foreheads. I love it. But there's actually a huge number of, of bodybuilders, both men and women, who really have studied the crap out of their biology. They're, they're talented biohackers, right? And Frank, though, blew me away. Said, what do you do with your time, Frank? And he's like, I play the flute. I speak all these languages. And he was, he was a renaissance man and, and a very peaceful, calm, kind of semi-enlightened guy. You're like, what? You're, you're a pro bodybuilder? Kind of breaking these rules and you're just paying attention to consciousness and health and all that. And what made you and Frank and a few others like that and, uh, you know, as you got started 50 years ago in this kind of stuff, what made you stand out from what you call what the, the low forehead guys? <laughs> I, well, you know, going back to what you said about Frank Zane, a lot of people don't know that Frank was originally a math teacher. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So he, he was cerebral from the beginning. So every time we got stuck on uh, due to numbers, Frank would have an answer for us. Right. But you know, Frank was so far ahead of his time with the meditation, the visualization, the posing, um, you know, he had the ideal balance of physique. I mean, he was a guy that you just wanted to spend a lot of time with just being around him because he was so cerebral and so smart. And he just took bodybuilding to another level. Then you had Arnold, who then had mentors who helped him. And Arnold began to collect art, began to invest in things. He began to look at the human body from a different standpoint. He said, we have to get away from this ugliness and the posing and, and the importance of that, displaying the body in the right way. So each person kind of added to that level to bring bodybuilding up out of the dungeon and high school gymnasiums where a lot of competitions used to take place to filling arenas around the world where up to 10,000 people will come in and watch the Mr. Olympia. It's it's amazing. But again, you you know, I always say only the foolish farmer expects to find fruit, but they planted no seeds. Mm -hmm. And what we have now is based upon what the pioneers had done before. And the things that were that went right, we kept. All the things that went wrong, we discarded. So now we're beginning to make circle back and it's functional strength, this functional fitness more people doing things like handstands like they used to do, you know, back in the day, uh, a full split, for instance, you know, not getting into machines and things like, I mean, amazing, amazing stuff, you know, pull-ups with weights attached around their waist. I mean, it, it's just incredible. And we're looking at things like what you talked about and, and walked about, um, lift heavy, sprint every now and again, and do things the way that you're supposed to do it. Because, there's no time in history where you could pick out a bodybuilder and say, uh, when did that occur? Anytime in, in human evolution. Right, right. You know, it 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 didn't. It's never happened. So we've kind of created this thing that we're kind of looking at. We say, okay, we still need to keep some things, but if we change how we think about it in the mindset, 
then we can create a different day. And we can bring people back to the sport and to lifting and, and strength training that we lost for so long because they were so discouraged by what they saw and the misinformation. You've got 20 more years of wisdom than I do. So, so your ability to spot trends and, and see in, in the, th- through the, the fog of time uh, is greater than mine. What will a bodybuilder look like 50 years from now? You know, there's many different ideals that, you know, we have, um, you know, we had a thing back in the day that if you didn't train it, it's not going to show up on the stage, Mm -hmm. you know? So if you didn't work your abs, you're not going to have abs. If you didn't train your calves, you're not going to, you know, have calves. What we're going to have is we're going to go back to bodybuilding competitions of old, where you not only had to look good, but you actually had to do something with your physique. So if you had to lift weights during the competition, if you had to do backflips, handstands, if you had to run a mile, like if you a had fitness to sprint, competition. Yes, make this into a real ideal body that actually works and can do something. You know, if you look at 95% of the people that I've had experience with in, in the bodybuilding community, the only thing that you can do is look big and grunt, but you can't even walk up two flights of stairs, okay? <laughs> and you get to the top of the stairs, and, and you're struggling. That's not, a, that's not a good thing, and that's not a good feeling. You can't buy clothes. You know, you can't sit in airplanes. You feel uncomfortable. You know, so your whole body, this, this cannot be good. So we can get back to creating what they've tried to do for a long time, the perfect man and woman. This, that's the future. And people like you are going to help guide them to say, uh, 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 stay in this lane, you know, don't go over there, stay in this lane, and get to that point where we're not worrying about keeling over and dying when we're 50 or 60. That, that won't even be a yeah. problem anymore, we, you know, unless it's an accident. We're going to say, you know what, your body just disintegrated. It just, like, you know, you, you ascended. <laughs> you did whatever <laughs> you it was that, that happened. It's interesting you mentioned sort of the old Olympians. Um, this year, Bulletproof funded the U.S. ski team. So we're on the bib, which is really cool. And we're, we're still a relatively small company. There's giant companies who do that sort of stuff. But the idea that, that okay, not only are you, you fit, but you, you can do something with excellence uh, is particularly attractive to me because looking good, hey, we all want that, right? But not at the cost of dying and dying younger and not at the cost of feeling like crap. And, and I think that's a trade-off that we've always made. This idea, oh, exercise all the time and eat only lettuce. Like, see how you feel. You might get thin for a while. You'll get fat <laughs> as soon as you stop, and, and your life's going to suck while you do it. Uh, but you can, but maybe there's a better way. I, I feel like being behind the Olympic Olympic athletes, people do that, that that is uh, noteworthy and relevant. But, but 50 years from now, man, I, I mean, I've I've seen my, my share of uh, you know, Aeon Flux movies, uh, I've, I've lots of transhumanist friends. I mean, are we going to have the bodybuilders with four testicles? Are we going to have the person who says, you know, I decided I wanted a, a, a cranial ridge to make space for my extra brain cells. Uh, you know, I, I wanted an extra bicep on my earlobe. I'm, I'm making this. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that we don't get there, but yeah. we do have a lot of wearable technology now. We do. That some of it helps, but some of it is actually, if everyone 
doesn't have access to it, I think that it's an unfair advantage. So not to yeah. take you know advantage of unfair advantage. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, if everyone had a box of unfair advantage. By the way, that's a bulletproof supplement. If you haven't tried it, it works. <laughs> and it's awesome too. <laughs> and and the name and name is there. So again, yeah. um, if everyone has access to all the tools and all the knowledge, you know, the the sky's the limit. I mean, it it really is. I mean, we can we can go anywhere with this, but again, we need to say define what it is that we're actually looking for. And again, if you talk about optimization, we need to be able to optimize things. You know, I was I was thinking before coming on, um, you know, when we talk about the paleo movement and looking and people want to go out and do these things. You know, if you really want to be paleo, forage and hunt and fish for your food. And I did see, I have a t-shirt that says uh, vegetarian, village idiot that doesn't know how to hunt and fish. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen that. And, you know, at the end of the day, how many people can actually go out in the woods and navigate, you know, find a way in and out of the woods and actually live for a couple of days? We have devolved this down to teaching people how to navigate the supermarket, okay? Telling them where the good food is and what to select. Where's our mentors? Where's, where's the, so again, people like you, Dave, are so, so important because you're creating this whole realm of being smart and taking it to the next level and learning. Uh, well, th thanks, Fairfax. Uh, one of the things that, that I'm doing in a small way uh, that might help us in that direction, maybe some stuff we can try on the website, we're putting together the whole food menu for the center of excellence for the U.S. ski team. And the idea here is, all right, it, this is about supplements, although I like supplements. I think that they're really, really beneficial. Um, but it's about, all right, what are we going to eat? Is it grass-fed? If it's not don't eat it because industrial meat's not good for you, especially eating 16 chicken breasts a day from non-organic chickens, like recipe for disaster, right? So, so the idea is, how do we get that right? How do we show that it works at the very highest levels? And then how do we percolate that down so that it's in your kids' school lunches? Like that, that's a big goal. But we're coming up on the end of the show and we're at the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. So I want to ask you a, a new question on Bulletproof Radio when you're probably not expecting. Okay. How long are you going to live? So, as I said earlier, I turned 65 in August. Yep. So, I decided when I turned 65 that I was going to start all over again in my life from day one. And everything that I did right, I was going to continue. And everything that I did wrong, I was going to fix. You know, every day that I wake up, I look at it as an opportunity to start and fix everything that was, you know, wrong and make it better. So all of this knowledge that I've gained for 65 years, I'm going to put it into the next 65 years. So Dave Asprey, I will see you at the top. All right. And when I get to 130, I'm going to race you. <laughs> and I'm going to remind you of this time here in Vegas. And I'm going to have a book, hopefully then. And I'm going to sign my name, Fairfax Hackley 212. That's the temperature which water boils. I'm on fire. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Fairfax, thanks Thanks for being on the show, and thanks for that answer. Uh, I I just uh, passed my 45th birthday. That's my 25% birthday. Uh, and so the way you're reframing your aging, like, hey, I'm starting over. Like, It's that mindset that is a huge part of living longer. So thank you for that mindset. And if you're listening to the show, stop looking at counting years. 
Fairfax here is 42, a little bit younger than Bio- I am. Biological age. Biologically. Yes. He's 65 chronologically, and he's going to go past 130. Are you really thinking about yourself on that fixed linear scale where oh, around 80 is when everything goes to shit, and basically your future is going to be walkers, diapers, and not knowing your name, putting your car keys in the fridge? You got to stop thinking that way. That is not how it works. And you've seen it before in your family. You've seen it before with people. It is not natural. It is not how it's supposed to be. And it's not how it has to be. But you got to start getting control of your biology a little bit before you're 80. But even then, if you're 80 and you're listening to this, and there are lots of people that age who listen to Bulletproof Radio, one of my dear friends who was on the board at the anti-aging nonprofit group that I've run for almost 20 years, he was 88 years old and stayed up late completely working cognitively, running around under his own power, having a great life, and dating a 36-year-old. Wow. So, you know, it's possible. It's just unusual. So be unusual. It's okay. On that note, if you haven't picked up your copy of Game Changers yet, there's a few hints in there from 450 guys like Fairfax. We're going to teach you a few things, more things than I know, and it's all boiled down for you so you don't have to spend... 25% 25% of a working year listening to Bulletproof Radio for eight hours a day to get the wisdom. So do it. The last thing I like to say is, you know, yesterday was history. Tomorrow's a mystery. There's no day like today. And you can start today if you have the right mindset, if you have the knowledge. It's never too late. Go for it. But definitely get the Game Changer book because I love that name. I'm going to be a game changer. You can be a game changer. This is not about fandom. This is about what's real. So when you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Get that book, follow Dave, and you'll be awesome. Oh, thanks, Fairfax. All right, everybody, have an awesome day. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.